a lot of excitement, a lot of energy. Uh, the guys, uh, you could tell that they wanted to be on the practice field, um, flying around. Uh, still, you know, just there is a different level of intensity when you go from training in the summer with the strength coaches to getting the entire coaching staff. But uh, I thought they responded well uh, to the increase in intensity. Uh, still got to, you know, clean up some of the little details. But I told them, I said, as long as we got the want to and the passion, uh, we got 25 practices to get all of the little things uh, cleaned up. And I saw uh, that energy, that intensity, uh, and that desire to be on the practice field. So it was, uh, it was, it was a fun day. You're hearing the voice of Virginia head coach Tony Elliott, which means football is back in Charlottesville. Hi, everyone. I'm Jack Franchuli for Wahoo's 24-7. Welcome to a new episode of the Good Old Podcast. This is going to be a football-centric episode, as one would expect. We're going to talk about some big talking points that we heard from ACC kickoff from not only Tony Elliott, but also Chico Bennett, um, Tony Musket, and Paris Jones. But we also are going to talk about what we saw in the first practice of fall camp, which occurred on Wednesday afternoon. And what we want to see as fall camp continued, continues, and then Virginia preparing for that first game against Tennessee. So a lot to talk about. And then towards the end of the show, we're obviously going to bring up realignment. We've talked heavily about realignment on this show. We've had a couple of guests on the show to talk about realignment. We've been on this story since last year. So I'll share my some thoughts as well um, on that towards the end of the show as well, because that's something that we we should probably touch on because Virginia is heavily being discussed. In this realignment conversation, something that I hinted on last year when a a few people were worried about UVA, and I said, well, actually, I think UVA was going to be a suitor that conferences would want to add, and it looks like what we heard last year is true. So we'll talk about a little bit more realignment later in the show. I want to start off with Virginia football starting fall camp ahead of the next season. If you're a Wahoo's 24-7 subscriber, then you obviously have seen some of our one-on-one interviews with the players from AC kickoff, and you saw their new energy about them. They all mentioned that the team was energized, that the team had more buy-in. Tony Musket said that he was feeling more comfortable with the offense, that the offense had a lot of player-led 7-on-7, 11-on-11 teamwork. Um, Don't forget that coaches aren't allowed to actually oversee these practices. That's why player-led practices are so important. And Tony Musket was able to do some of these practices in the offseason, getting used to his playmakers, getting used to the O-line, getting used to some of these wideouts. So a lot of important development going on between spring and fall. And that's something that they were reiterating at fall camp. Um, And they're actually going to take a little minute here and listen to a couple of the players we talked to on Wednesday evening talking about this new energy about this team. They're, they understand the expectations of the staff, which means they can go quicker from drill to drill. And actually we're going to see some video here clo- uh, as I continue to talk about fall camp, but that you can see them move. Dr- yeah. You might see a, a couple of the younger guys uh, getting used to the pace of college ball. I mean, some of the true freshmen are experiencing the first chance of practices, but a lot of the veterans, a lot of the guys have been here for multiple years, two years under the staff, understand the expectations. And you saw that sense of urgency, something that the staff was pushing on, on Wednesday evening and afternoon, move drill to drill quick. You got to do this during the game setting, and they want to make sure the practice setting is harder than the actual game, so then they're prepared. And honestly, when you have a team like Tennessee as your first opponent and they play that up-tempo offense, this defense needs to make sure they're on their toes, needs to make sure they go from drill to drill just as they would do so during that opening game. So a lot of guys, as we spoke to yesterday, 
was really hyping on this energy and how guys just knew what to expect. One of the most, like the biggest practice in my life where just as a unit, as a team, there's been the most excitement I've been around. Um, even, you know, last week you start, like I said in one of the interviews, you started feeling guys, you know, buzzing around, getting a little chirping, getting ready to get going. And then coming out here today, man, it was a beautiful day. We had great meetings in the morning and before practice. And then it just felt awesome to get back out there and play some football again. It was like I was telling uh, the DBs, I was like, for the young guys, they now know the standard. And for the older guys, it was kind of like a wake-up call because we haven't played football since uh, – May or April or yeah May so um, it was just kind of like a wake-up call of like what they expect and how the tempo of practice really is and like the urgency from like drills to drills and chasing the ball every single play finishing on the ball um, so yeah it was it was definitely an adjustment again one of our team values are, are non-negotiables to be on the team right we're gonna do things with urgency we're gonna have great effort in everything that we do so um, and doing stuff like that translates over to the game. Obviously, you got teams that run hurry up. Our first team we played this year runs a lot of hurry up. So um, stuff like that just gets you prepared, um, not only physically but mentally, for what you're going to see on Saturdays. Yeah, and as you heard from both the players and Tony Elliott, the energy is different from last year, just getting more comfortable. He's seen growth from this team. So obviously that is something good to see in the first camp. You don't want any stutters or anything like that in your first camp, especially your second season. All the guys should know the expectations leading into it. Uh, when you look at the O-line, because that's probably the biggest question I get all the time from fans if I meet them somewhere, is what? how does the offensive line look like? The good news for Virginia is they're the healthiest they've been. Yes, Mikhail Boley didn't participate in practice but according to sources, it shouldn't, he shouldn't be out for too long. Um, it, it could be where he's back by next week. So Noah Josie is back. All those guys look healthy. Um, when you look at them, they look more defined. They look stronger. Uh, they look fitter. So I think when you look at this O-line, you can see the effort that they put in during those summer off-season workouts and see the energy around Terry Heffernan. And when you look at his coaching, you can see the little details that he's focusing on on these guys, and these guys are receptive. That's something that Coach Heffernan told us during our media availability with the UVA assistants was that his group has been very open to his criticisms, but also very open to learning. And I'm actually uh, right now on the screen, if you're on YouTube, you're going to see a couple of the sights and sounds of Virginia football uh, or just the sites really so that it doesn't drown out when I'm talking. So you're going to see them. Um, you're going to say the O-line here in just a little bit working with Terry Heffernan. Um, obviously they, uh, you know, before I go on and talk about the O-line, one of the big, the best moments was actually Mike Collins lead the Wahoo Jacks leading up. That was a nice way to open fall camp, but um, yeah, so back to the O-line. So that's going to be the biggest position battle that we'll be monitoring for the next few weeks because Heffernan did say that he's going to play a little bit with those positions, working guys in different places because you want to make sure that you have the ability to play multiple guys. He's trying to look not only for the five guys that he trusts to put on the field to start, but hopefully getting a couple guys. He didn't put a number on it, so he didn't say, I want eight guys in my rotation, nine guys in my rotation. But he wants to get comfortable to get those guys so that he can trust them too and rotate other guys. You want, you know, they're not going to have five fully healthy linemen for the whole year. That's that's football. You're going to get injuries. You want to guys rest up. You want to have good too deep in each position. So just, you know, spitballing here, though, some of the video of the O-line that I'm discussing right now. 
Um, obviously, Mikhail Boley didn't practice, but he's a guy that we assume would be in a starting lineup. I'm curious to see that center position battle between Ty Furnish and Brian Stevens. I think those are the two, in my opinion, will be the battle at center. Uh, obviously, Ty Furnish has experience at Virginia. Brian Stevens was one of the best guards in the FCS level. He looks the part as well when you look at him. So um, I think Justice Johnson, um, as you're seeing him right here, I think he'll be at that guard position. I think it's going to be like you got a Nana, Justice Johnson. And Noah Josie's are you guys going to be at guard? I mean, Brian Stevens can play guard too, but I, I think Brian Stevens will ultimately be in that battle for center and possibly help out at guard. Um, and then you've got your tackle positions. I think Mikhail Boley will take one of those tackle positions. Um, so it's, it's really is about seeing where these guys are, where Charlie Patterson is in the development. So that's going to be a key position battle looking into. And then the other position battle that you'll see, and we're actually seeing a couple of freshmen here, uh, going through practice as well, first time, you know, like Devin Clark and all those guys and some of the DBs. This is the first time going through this practice. Um, the other position battle, you're looking at running back. Running back, I mean, there's that that group is loaded. You have Mike Collins. You have Ahmad Fossum back from injury. You have Kobe Pace. You have Cody Brown. Um, you have Xavier Brown. Um, you have the new guys like Dante Hawthorne, who, whose body looks like a linebacker, to be honest. And you have Noah Vaughn. You have so many guys in there. You got Paris Jones, who earned the trust of this team. So that's going to be an interesting position battle to see how they kind of split those reps this fall and how that will go during you know the season. If it could be a, a, an opponent, they each bring a versatility, how they're going to be incorporated in the, in the passing game. I mean, when you get such inexperience in the wideout position, like I know you have Malachi Fields and Demick Starling, and you're looking at some of the uh, pass catchers right now. When you look at those guys, you think, yes, there's going to be a lot of good talent there, but they don't have game experience. You do have no Malachi Fields who has some game experience. He came back and did a nice game and against Pitt. I know it's often forgotten about with everything else going on. You got speed in the mix. Starling. Jaden Gibson has done a good job cementing himself already. I mean, you talk to Tony Musket at AC kickoffs. So if he doesn't even think about it, he says Jaden Gibson was one of the ones that has shocked him or surprised him and really stood out during practice. So he's going to be one to watch, seeing how much he kind of participates this year. I think he's going to be a guy, a factor on special teams. He might be a, a guy to fight for some playing time. You got young guns like J.R. Wilson. You got Dakota Tweedy now healthy. Um, you got several guys that I, you haven't seen them play yet because there were some veterans ahead of them, but I think they can make some noise. I think you have a lot of talent in that wide receiver room is how to utilize it. Then you look at the tight ends. I know Grant Mish, and Sackett Wood are going to be the two guys that are veterans. They know the system. They know what is expected for them. But I think Carson Gay is someone to watch out for this year. I think Carson is a, a guy that I can fit the tight end mold that this staff really wants. And, uh, you know, talking to Kitchings during that media event early on, he has been impressed with Carson and his development. So he's definitely one to keep an eye in that tight end room. So those are your, kind of your biggest, I think, offensive uh, position battles um, as far as skilled players. Oh, to be fair, honestly, I, I shouldn't say that because at quarterback, yes, we expect QB1 to go in Tony Musket, but who's the backup quarterback? Jay Wolfick is no longer on the football team. He's going to be focusing on baseball. So who is QB2? That is a battle that you're going to keep an eye on. Um, obviously, you're look, thinking of Anthony Colandrea. Um, you've got um, Broadhouse. You have Jared Raymond. Uh, Delaney Crawford, Davis Lane is now at safety. 
So you have three scholarship players at that quarterback position, four scholarship players at that quarterback position. Jared Raymond earning his scholarship last year. Um, he wasn't with the quarterbacks um, during that first opening uh, practice. He w- was holding for field goals, but he wasn't practicing. A source told me he's dealing with an injury, so that's why he wasn't with the quarterbacks um, during that first day. But again, this is definitely um, a position battle to watch when you consider the if Tony Musket, you know, we hope for everyone to stay healthy, but you do need a good backup quarterback just in case. So that, those are the kind of the biggest offensive battles that we'll be coming keeping an eye on as far as defense i know the the big thing for us when we're looking at these practices and i want to see how the young linebackers are doing also how the secondary looks because Jonas sanker missed spring so you're seeing how he comes back from his injury he's obviously someone that they really like in that db room and he's got experience so we've got a good experience depth at safety with antonio clary Jonas sanker lex long cohen king who can play both safety and corner so you have those guys there, but in the corner position, you want to see how Sam Westfall fits in. You want to see how Malcolm Green fits in. We saw Taven Kyle, Tavon Kyle get some good reps. You want to see how where, where Elijah Gaines is. Um, William Simpkins did not participate in uh, practice, and he's expected to miss out for a couple more weeks. We don't know exactly. It could be around mid-August, according to a source. It could be later, so we're kind of keeping on then. Then Donovan Johnson, another DB that was not a practice um, he his injury could take him a little longer to recover. It could be some point in September that we see him. So those are two DBs that they're missing. So that's going to be one of the big battles that I'll be watching during all camp to see who kind of comes up in that number one corner role. And also some of the young guys pushing these veterans like Aiden Ryan during this offseason. I've heard his name a lot. And I think he's one that could be pushing the safeties a little bit for some playing time. And then at linebacker, you know, Josh Ahern finally playing ball for the first time since November. He missed, you know, obviously um, spring with an injury. Him and James Jackson are two guys that you're going to hear a name a lot. And I think Trey McDonald is another guy that could factor in. We know the true freshman Cam Robinson's got a lot of hype around him. See how much he can develop. Um, you know, coaches say he's already gained some weight during the few weeks he's already been on grounds. So that's the linebacker position where we're kind of looking at those position battles. I mean, the D-line is just going to be fun to look at because those guys know each other inside out. That's a lot, a lot of veterans on that team. You know, talk to Cam Butler, and uh, he was really excited about having those veterans there. I thought today was nice. Um, today today could have been hotter. But, um, <laughs> yeah, just have it. I mean, Coach talks about it all the time. we got to have competitive depth, and we got to have competitive stamina. So, um, yeah, just bringing along the, the rising upperclassmen, um, that are probably like our main ST guys, our main guys that start on uh, multiple units on special teams. Um, just getting those guys mentally prepared that they're literally one play away from going into a game and, and helping us to, to win the game. So, um, yeah, just getting everybody reps. I mean, everybody's getting mental reps, obviously. Um, but I think the physical reps are just as important. We do a ton of walkthrough. Um, so literally everyone on the depth is getting reps every single day at our defense, so it'll prove to be beneficial um, once fall rolls around. And you see those young guys and those, you know, upperclassmen that are coming back up. Who stands out to you? You know, we, we've heard about Michael Diata, you know, and Ben Smiley. Well, who do you stand out? I mean, there's a, a few guys on the D-line that I can name. I mean, obviously, Ben's been here forever, but I think Ben's going to break out here um, just playing D-N. Diata's my guy. Um we got young. I think James Jackson's gonna have a breakout year this year. Um, I think he's going to his third year. 
Um, I could see him having a crazy year. Um, yeah, I mean, we got a bunch of – I can't even think of our guys, but probably say James, Mike. Um, obviously, Ben's not a young guy, but I'm really excited to see him out there and play. Um, I'm excited to see Ahern back, honestly. Um, I want to see him get a full year, uh, try to stay as healthy as possible. So, yeah. So that was Cam Butler. Obviously, having uh, a lot of depth helps you not get tired in the heat. I mean, it's, it's pretty neat. Um, so we're going to take a, a quick break here, and then we are going to come back. We'll talk uh, – we've touched on a little bit of injuries, but we're going to kind of go back a little bit, touch back on injuries, talk about a little bit more about fall camp and what we saw in that first practice. And then we're going to talk about realignment. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. And welcome back to the good old podcast. I'm Jack Franchilli for Wahoo's 24 seven. So we were talking about fall camp. We just highlighted a few position battles that we'll be watching in the next few weeks. Um, as far as any, any other observations that we had, I'm just going to um, talk a little bit more about the injuries. We mentioned Michael Boley, William Sick- Simpkins, Donovan Johnson, um, Aaron Famui, offensive uh, and Chico Bennett, offensive lineman Houston Curry. They were still wearing those green bibs, so that means they're coming back from recovery. When you have so much depth that you, you have on that defensive front, you don't want to rush guys back. So those are the guys who are still working back to full fitness. Uh, Ken Butler told us that he expects both Aaron and Chico to come back by next week. So those are the um, the uh, some of the big injuries that we saw. But again, it's not even a big injury; just guys not participating fully, and they were still going through drills. The only one that had a yellow, the only three players that we saw with yellow bibs on um, were Mikhail Boley, William Simpkins, and Donovan Johnson. Those are the three um, that we saw during our time that had opening. We had flex open and about twenty minutes of individual drills. Other notes, um, I, like I mentioned, Don, Dante Hawthorne was one that I, I, I thought when he, when he first saw me, like, oh, he's, he's a big dude. Um, I, I'll be interested to see if he stays in that running back room or if he does eventually progress to the linebacker room. Um, you know, like, you know, it, it happens sometimes when guys come in there and see the body develop. So it'll be interesting to see how he, his body develops during the college, in the college game. So, um, but this was a, it was a good chance to see him in person for the last few months and see how these guys developed. Um, so that's fall camp. So we're back with Virginia on Friday evening and again on Monday. So the media will have a lot of opportunities to see it. So we'll have more sights and sounds available here on, on YouTube channel, but also on Wahoo's 24 seven and on Wahoo's 24 seven, we'll have more VIP behind the scenes content of what is going on um during fall camp this is just a little sneak preview of what type of content you'll be able to get in detail when it comes to that we do um right after every practice we'll do a sights and sounds followed by vip practice notes and then we will usually get either tony elliott or one of the coordinators after the after the practices so you can get a fair share of what they're saying as well realignment Let's end with realignment. We started talking about realignment last year, about, I think it's summer, about around this time too. And a lot of noise came about saying that Virginia and UNC were trying to do a partnership deal or sort of like kind of go into together. And we talked about Virginia and um, what are the things that people like about Virginia? You know, obviously many people are hyping on the football program saying that they wouldn't be a suitor that other conferences would want. And what we heard back then and what others now are reporting 
now and what we said back then, even during the show, the episode with Brandon Marcello on our podcast, is that Virginia does have other parts that schools are interested in, you know, as we mentioned, according to a source last year that said that, you know, many conferences would like the academic prestige of UVA to be joined to their conference, along with their excellence in various sports. Virginia, you know, has several national titles. They've won, you know, this year alone, they've won national titles on women's swimming and men's tennis. So, and they've had other teams approaching final four, like men's lacrosse. They have baseball going to Omaha. They have men's basketball winning a national title in recent history, always doing well during the regular season and also going on to the NCAA tournament. You have women's basketball who are getting buzz, who have all Americans on their team. Women's soccer is ranked fifth right now in the preseason poll. Men's soccer has a history of winning. You have so many of those Olympic sports that have a lot of, a, a lot of hype around them, around the country. And for example, a institution like the university of Florida according to a source is one that said UVA would be some, would be a program that would fit in to what the SEC would want to do. For instance, is being excellent in various sports. They want to win everything, not just in football. So again, and then with possibility of, you know, UVA getting a gymnastics program that also adds something. I know ACC just announced that they're adding gymnastics, but again, UVA is also be a school that we possibly adding gymnastics. It's something that they're being considered. That's again, something to uh, keep an eye on as well. I know there'll be a lot of reshuffling on Olympic sports. It depends on the conferences. But again, UVA is someone that is being discussed. And kudos to Carla Williams and Virginia for being on top of it. You know, we reported last year that Carla Williams wasn't sitting down and waiting for things to happen. And then over the course of the year, we found out that UVA was part of the Magnificent Seven. So again, Virginia is involved in a lot of discussions. Will it happen tomorrow? That is the big question. You know, when we had Brandon on the show, he was saying like, it's so hard to get out of GR rights. This, um, and they have it in a, in a place where you, you can't take it out of the room. Everyone has to go over there and in, in, in Charlotte and take a look. And you have, so how is Florida state? Cause this all is happening now because Florida state has been pretty public of wanting to leave. Can't, is it just, you know, it doesn't hurt them to do this publicly. I mean, it won't hurt them more. They want more money. They want, and honestly, if you're an ACC team, you want to have more money because this deficit is going to have a an effect on your winning programs because you want to have the ability to recruit better than the other conferences. This will have a trickle down effect. So again, I get this urgency about it. Will be will they be able to do that? I don't know. I mean, lawyers have been spending so much time going over these GORs. So, so what? next i mean how do you get out of it so it could be that the will the espn have a little bit of wiggle room here well there it was is there a loophole that no one really knows um they just know that this is it, it's going to happen i don't think it's an if now it's when is it going to happen and how is it going to happen who's going to break first uh, obviously a lot of hype around florida state and clemson but you know where would florida state land is a big question because I know that they they would like to go to SEC or the Big Ten. I don't I don't have sources close to the Big Ten to to kind of know that route. But from my understanding, close sources close to the SEC, it doesn't seem like they would want another Florida school because they already have that Florida market with the Florida Gators. So that that'll be an interesting development there with FSU and how you kind of handle that realignment. But 
Virginia is in discussion, and it, it seems that um, Virginia is uh, someone that conferences really want. You know, it helps that you have an AAU credibility, and it also helps Virginia that they have done a good job in other sports. So realignment is not going anywhere. It's a matter of when, not if. So it's something that we'll be continuing following. It's not going to affect this football season. Probably won't even affect next football season unless something drastic happens with those media rights, which could happen. I mean, the Pac-12 is being, well, already the Pac-10 now. Maybe for the time I even record this, there'll be something else that uh, happens and uh, they will no longer even have 10 teams. I don't know. I'll probably find it on Apple streaming at the end of the day. Um, so that's it for this episode. We'll be right back here for next week uh, with more football coverage. Uh, we'll be obviously now going more to fall camp, which we'll be preparing for the next upcoming season, which means more football content. Um, I will work out a schedule for how the football season was going through. We still don't know if the schedule is kind of lining up like it was last year with Tony Elliott every Tuesday. If that's the case, then most likely I will do an episode um, on Mondays and on Thursdays. That's what I think right now. It might be Monday and Wednesday. So we're just trying to figure out what days work best, especially with Virginia having so many Friday night games and also one Thursday night game. So three midweek games during the year, trying to work out the best process um, for that. But thanks so much for listening this week. We'll be right back here next week. And obviously we'll be at Wahoo's 24-7 every day. So hope you guys have a good rest of your week and a great week again. Yeah.